Welcome back to another episode of the Health and Mastery Show. Today I have on with me Shannon Beer. Shannon has actually been a mentor for me for about nine months, helping me integrate some of these things that we talk about today into my coaching practice. And the main topic of conversation is around something called body image. Now, body image isn't how your body physically looks or the image of your body, but rather it's the perception of how you see yourself despite what the reality may be. Up to 60% of women and 40% of men have a negative body image, basically meaning that they're unhappy with how their body looks. And you might think that the answer is to just change how you look, but a poor or negative body image isn't just associated with being overweight or out of shape. In fact, many people who are in great shape objectively have a very poor or negative body image. And upon reflection, working through a lot of this stuff over the last year or so, I realized that when I was younger, I had a very negative body image and ultimately was coming from a place of inadequacy. And like I said, would have loved to have learned more about these things. Now, if you've been a listener from the very, very beginning, you would have noticed that the content has changed a little bit over the last couple of episodes or months. And as I've evolved, I've realized, well, I've always realized, but I've always wanted to put the overall wellness and well-being and health of the people who listen to the show and the clients that I work with ahead of any kind of physical change. And that's the direction that I am taking this podcast, even though I do love bodybuilding and love hypertrophy and lifting weights, etc. And that is a part, of course, of a healthy lifestyle. But I would really, really appreciate whether you're here for the first time or you're here for a long time. I appreciate you both as equally. And it's very difficult to get feedback sometimes in podcasts because you speak to someone, you upload it, and there's no real comment section or anything like that. So I would really appreciate if you could do me a very quick favor and answer three quick questions. It'll take you about 30 seconds. If you could click the link in the show notes and let me know what kind of content you like, what would you like to see more of, and what you're currently struggling with. You could do that anonymously or you can put in your email address. And if you do put in your email address, I'll send you a, a very small gift. But that would really mean a lot so I can take the podcast in a direction that ultimately is going to make it more interesting for the listeners. But without further ado, let's get into this episode with Shannon Beer. Shannon, it's great to have you on the podcast. Awesome to be here. So one thing that I did notice, just just realized it now, is you're probably only like the third female to, that I've brought on this podcast, um, mainly because largely the content over the last number of years has really been about like bodybuilding and stuff like that. And I guess it's not as popular amongst women, obviously lifting in the lifting weights in the gym as, but like, you know, hyper muscular physiques is not really as popular. It's probably gaining more popularity, but today I wanted to talk about something that you've been putting out a lot of content on over the last number of years. And I've having worked with you, if anybody or most people probably won't know, but I've been working with you professionally for the last few months anyway, um, trying to improve my coaching. Um, I want to talk about that I, the idea or the topic of like body image and, and why it's important for for everybody, to be honest. So yeah, if we start with like a little bit of overview of like what is the body image and then, and then maybe some how, how your background of how you got into this yourself. Yeah, for sure. So I'll start with the definition of body image. And it's important to understand for anyone who wants to feel more confident in their body, because that was the primary goal of most of my clients, which is kind of why I got into it as well. And I realized that body confidence does not necessarily come with a physique change. And you've been open about your own journey, you know, with bodybuilding and receiving comments on your physique and thinking, you know, that you um, that this body would come with a certain feeling and finding that that's not necessarily the case. And that's something that a lot of my clients were struggling with. So I, I got into body image because. I was trying to help a client flexibly diet and she just wanted to lose a few pounds, was already physically healthy, um, but wanted to look a little bit leaner. 
And we were really struggling with adherence to the flexible dieting, even though it was, you know, quote unquote flexible. She was really struggling on the weekends when she wanted to socialize like a normal person. And she, we, you know, we were putting out all the, the stops with macro hoarding and all the rest of it, picking low calorie options, blah, blah, blah. And we were just frustrated with the plateau that was occurring. And um, we did diet breaks, you know, everything. And ultimately, it wasn't successful. And that really got me interested on the research initially in dietary restraint. I was trying to figure out, well, what is the difference between flexible and rigid control? Because there's actually a lot of conceptual overlap. Um, and that's where I noticed the importance of body image. It was something that kept coming up. And I was like, why have I not heard about body image? What's this? And I began reading about it and was kind of astonished that we had never learned about this as part of our coach development. So Body image is a multifaceted construct, but it simply refers to our perception that we have of our bodies, which is not always accurate. You know, you can be the leanest that you've ever been and still see fat to lose because our perception is not accurate. And it also refers to the thoughts that you have about your body, the emotions that you experience around your appearance, and also your behaviors. So how you show up in the world, how you treat your body, how you eat and how you move your body in relation to that perception, those thoughts and those feelings. So our body image has a large role to play in how confident we feel about ourselves and our motivations for eating well, and even the way that we move our bodies. Mm, that's a, a really comprehensive explanation. And, you know, with the, with the client that you've given the example of, it's almost like that the, the things that you were trying would have been seen as like, revolutionary compared to like let's say 10 years ago where like people follow meal plans now we have like research on diet breaks from uh who is it? bill campbell's lab or something like that where they you know it's that whether it helps adherence or it's just a psychological thing and it's almost like dietary tactics in order to help people get there and i guess that would be a that probably is uh revolutionary for a lot of people who think that certain foods are bad or certain foods are good and they find this kind of macro tracking and some coaches will even market themselves as like macro coach or like you know, I give macro plans and and that probably is helpful for a lot of people who would have thought that they can't have any foods whatever or certain foods that they enjoy but then what yeah what what happens when somebody does all these things they're quite competent in tracking their macros, even though I think that's probably not a, a good explanation because it's not that difficult to track your macros. Like you, you, you don't really have to be that intelligent to track macros. Um, and often people probably just feel like they're a failure or that they just don't want it enough. And that's something that I've certainly heard and probably even heard people talk about themselves is not wanting it enough. So in that situation where that client did fail, because I'm sure there's many people listening who, who know how to track macros or, you know, watch a five minute YouTube video and you can figure it out pretty easily what what was the alternate solution why was that person let's say failing to to achieve what they wanted yeah ultimately the person was failing because the physique that she wanted would not have been sustainable for the lifestyle that she wanted. She wanted the freedom to go out on the weekend and enjoy herself and it wasn't even you know going crazy and overindulging it was just eating out at a restaurant you know that caused a lot of anxiety for her because she couldn't accurately track that there is you can guess but that kind of defeats the purpose of macro tracking if you know the whole point is to be accurate and specific um so that was part of why again i was like what am i even helping this person with like I want her to be able to enjoy her life. I want her to feel comfortable and confident in her body. I want her to excel in her powerlifting. Like, why are we focusing on just losing a, the last few pounds? And what difference is that really going to make when we're not even talking about dramatic amounts of weight loss, right? So that was really an eye-opener for me. It's like, why would we be pursuing this goal when it seems to be causing so much distress with very little promise of reward at the end um so the reason that 
I'd hypothesized that we were struggling is because the physique goal was too important to her in the sense that she placed a lot of her worth in how she looked, which is why those last few pounds were so important because that would be the difference between how she felt now and feeling comfortable in her body, which as we know, like if we're genuinely talking about very little change here, so how can it have such a significant effect? Um, So I really did get interested in what does it actually mean to be confident in yourself? What does it actually mean to be comfortable in your body? If it's not a physique change, what is it? And the research on body image really answered some of those questions. Mm. So would it be fair to say that that person, they essentially didn't want it enough, not to kind of come back full circle but they they could have done what you said like they it's not that difficult on paper right it's hard but like the you know logical steps at least to lose the last few pounds right it's not that difficult um if you don't eat you're going to lose weight like people starve around the world but there was other things that she had valued that were causing her to let's say eat more than she would have liked in in one sense of the word but then in the other sense she actually did want to eat more so was 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 that the case where somebody wants they kind of want the fight or they want the they want the the medal but not the fight so to speak i feel like it's a difficult thing to explain but it's almost like she wanted it too much because that is really at the root of struggling with your relationship with food struggling with yourself is an over evaluation of weight and shape that is the core um, psychopathology of disordered eating symptomatology. So essentially she wanted it too much. And that was why it was causing so much distress when she wasn't seeing the results that she wanted. And inherent in our nature is the capacity to hold ambivalence, you know, where you really want one thing, but maybe you don't want something else, or maybe you do want this thing. And then sometimes you don't want it. Sometimes you do. It's, Our motivation is very complex, but part of the struggle is that ultimately she wanted to feel good in her body. And had we achieved that physique, she probably would still be feeling the same way because that is the nature of body image. Again, our perception is not accurate. The cost as well, if you think about like net benefit, well, if I have to do all these things to achieve my dream body it actually becomes a nightmare to maintain and therefore I'm no better off either because now I'm miserable and I'm anxious over rigidly adhering to my routine so I've also worked with a number of people who have previously lived in larger bodies lost weight off their own accord and developed a very rigid relationship with nutrition and movement because they're anxious to lose what they have gained you know so it doesn't even become enough to to achieve the body because then if your confidence relies on it you have to maintain it in order to feel good about yourself and that's difficult to do if you want to live your life freely and even again excel in your training you know being super lean doesn't actually lend itself well to peak performance you know so there's a lot of conflict here between what we want what we think we need and other values that we hold in life as well yeah i think that's if i could kind of sum up some of the things that you said would it be that if someone's overvaluing their the shape or their physique it's it's they want the outcome or what they perceive is going to be attached to that outcome but not necessarily the journey to get there yeah in a sense it's that they want the promise of confidence of feeling good in themselves but it, it i wouldn't it's not always the case that they don't want to do what it takes, but <clears throat> that when they feel like they're falling short of those standards, they experience distress. And we usually respond to that distress in maladaptive ways. So it's like, oh, I ate something that was off plan. I fucked it up. Now I'm just going to continue on because what's the point? I've lost it anyway. So they could be very rigid, you know, during the week and do all the quote unquote right things, but then blow it because they perceive that they have already ruined it so yeah I don't want to give the impression that it means you know this is just about people who didn't have what it takes to to reach their physique goals because I think that can be a misconception as well but that it's the distress associated with feeling like we've fallen short of our standards and how we respond to that distress 
Yeah, and, and that point you made about people not having what it takes to achieve X, Y, and Z, that is a it is a a way of thinking or some sort of motivational speech that we often hear, right? If somebody wants it, they'll they'll get it, right? If you really want this, you will make you'll find a way, right? I've heard that in multiple facets or uh, different avenues in life. Why? So that's not true, is that right? Yeah, I would say that that's a very um, reductionist like view of such a complex thing which is human motivation and why we do the things that we do a lot of which is not necessarily conscious right you know we can make choices due to um, different factors that are influencing us that we're not even aware of so it certainly is not the case that you know if you just wanted it enough you would do it because we're not even good at knowing what we really want for a start Um, and dealing with all of these different impulses and urges that we experience. So again, with the the body image side of things, part of it is the distress that we experience when we're falling short of our standards. But then you're also considering um, physiological and biological factors. Like if you're actually trying to maintain a physique that is too lean, there are costs to that as well you know, changes occur in your body that are going to make it harder for you to maintain that ongoing. And you'll probably find that you're more responsive to food cues, you know, you're thinking about food more often. Um, All of these sorts of things can compound and make it very difficult for you to achieve what it is that you think you want, because there's a lot going against you. And then we tackle on the environment and friendships and you know life obligations it is such a a lot to manage that I don't think it's for a lack of will or for a lack of trying Mm. so that's probably a very small subsection of people who actually are at that point where they're like so lean that it is difficult to maintain most people are probably uh, putting that image of, of the body on a pedestal or some esoteric goal to achieve but why is it that that is so valued, right? If you're saying that we might necessarily we might not necessarily feel better, um, why is it that we strive so much to? Why is that the pinnacle? Like we you see it everywhere. You know, it's like the ideal male or female physique is is this ripped, hypermasculine, muscular, ripped, <laughs> ripped, rich, whatever, confident. Uh, Right. What? Why is it like we're we're sold this dream that when we get there, that's gonna it's gonna solve all the problems? Why is that the case? Yeah, that's a great question. If you think about it, we weren't born caring about how we look. It's something that we learn over time, and there are a few different factors that go into this. But uh, the cognitive behavioral model of body image posits that there are um, historical influences that come to shape the way that we view ourselves, as well as current influences that maintain that view. So we learn a large part of this is due to the media that, you know, if we looked a certain way, then we would be perceived as more attractive, we would have more success, more status. And those images that we ex- are exposed to, as you say, are often um, hyper masculine huge muscles super lean and if you think about it these ideals have also changed over time and are becoming more extreme I was watching with my partner the other day something with Arnold Schwarzenegger came up and if you look at him in his prime he's not actually that lean like that sounds crazy to say but I I mean compared to right yeah yeah and I was like like, hang on a minute because I did bodybuilding my girlfriend watched it she was like he's not lean you know and how crazy is that How crazy is that? Because at the time he was obviously like the pinnacle. Um, And now if you look at the standard for competing, you have to be way more muscular, way more like extremely lean um, to even be considered as competitive. So that's just an example of how quickly physique ideals have changed, even in the last what decade or however long ago it's been. And um, so media would be a large part of that. But there are also our interpersonal experiences experiences and I was reading some research just the other day on the tripartite model of um, body image which talks about the media our interpersonal experiences um, and how they come to shape 
our views of ourselves. And interestingly, they were testing this model in men and they found a surprising influence on um, men's predisposition for disordered eating and found that pressure from their partner to have like a, a masculine body was um, had a significant role to play in the onset of um, disordered eating. So that's something that was unique to male body image is actually considering the influence of partner pressure, which I found quite surprising. Um, but essentially, our interactions with other people can also influence how we come to view our own bodies. If you grow up in a household where you have a parent who is dieting or talking about the need to control their food. You may um, view that as something that's important. So there are so many different things that are going on. You've also got um, the development potentially of muscle dysmorphia for men, which is somewhat different in that there could be um, different factors at play there where it's been likened to like OCD and may need like psychiatric help so medication to actually deal with some of those um, symptoms so there could be different neurological factors involved that's something slightly different than body image in general but that's one example that is again specific for men so so much that goes into it but really it is about recognizing that there are external factors that we model and internalize and it really is that internalization of an ideal body that mediates a lot of these concerns so the more you buy into it the more likely you are to be affected there's a little bit more complex than that but that is um, really a core feature so recognize that these ideals only affect you if you let them is something that is quite eye-opening, um, which means that we have the ability within ourselves to actually develop what would be true confidence, not the kind of confidence that is surface level or pseudo confidence where we feel good about ourselves only when we have a pump. And then as soon as someone fitter and leaner than us walks in, we feel shit again. Secure self-confidence is the kind that is non-contingent and therefore stable and enduring. So when I coach with people and help them with this, what we focus on developing is a positive body image that allows us to take care of our bodies. We still strive for our goals because they're personally meaningful to us, but we recognize that we are already inherently worthy of respecting ourselves and we develop the kind of confidence that isn't as easily shook as that which depends on maintaining a attractive physique right and the thing is when you're making these choices where you are fueling your body appropriately and looking after yourself and moving your body in a way that feels good you'll probably find that inevitably your physique changes to reflect that you know because you'll probably find that it's easier for you to eat the way that you would like because there is less micromanaging and less pressure but you're also able to enjoy your life in general and still strive for your performance goals because there's that sense of mastery so there's a lot of fears around working on these kind of things where people think they're going to let themselves go but actually what you find is that you're more adherent you enjoy it more and you have a more headspace and energy for other areas of your life which ultimately in my opinion is kind of like the whole point at the end of the day mm. yeah there's a, a few things in there that are interesting that i would like to chat about but i wanted to come back to the idea of the media creating this ideal body ideal physique if it's if it's maybe maybe this is the wrong word but if it's a lie right and if, if that's not what is what we want that or that makes us feel better or, or confident then why is it that that's pushed so much like for example if there was a, a cow outside my window that had six legs right and the media kept saying the cow has six legs but we clearly see it has four like i wouldn't believe it but if everybody is like why do they decide to pick i don't know it's not just like it's very complex but it's not just like some the media man and picks like okay this is what it's going to be like but why is it that they had decided that or why is it has evolved the the ideal image of a of a man and what and how come the perception of status and you know was i don't know created in this form of a, a muscular lean physique like because it 
if it doesn't actually make you feel better about yourself, then why does everyone strive to think that it does? I think because it is so reinforced that it is easy to buy into. We see it a lot, you know, we're exposed to a lot of this, but also we do want to be perceived as attractive. As human beings, we have an innate need to belong and to have communities and to have relationships with other people. And we see our physique as being a primary part of that because it's the first thing that's like observable when you meet a new person. So I think it is very easy. It's like a a low hanging fruit, an easy thing to capitalize on a vulnerability of ours i.e. the needs to belong and it's interesting because for men in particular you kind of alluded to it that it's not just about the physique but the whole notion of masculinity in general which also includes the avoidance of displays of vulnerable emotions the restriction of emotional expression in general you have to be very stoic um, toughness higher status over others Um, men should be willing to take risks even like use violence or exert dominance Um, those are sort of some of the cultural ideas that we have around masculinity and for males in particular it's when they experience masculinity discrepancy distress i.e the belief that I am not um, you know an alpha male essentially that's when they may be more prone to using like stereotypically masculine and maladaptive emotional regulation strategies in an um, effort to reinstate their manhood status which for a lot of people is like getting big and buff in the gym right I look masculine and I have that status as a result of that so it's not just simply the buying into like an ideal physique, but the whole notion of masculinity in and of itself. Um, so that's why I think it can be quite complex as well, because you're not just reevaluating your beliefs about how you look, but also what it means to be a man, you know, as if that's something you need to to uphold. Yeah, and you did allude to some of the challenges like disordered eating, and it would be good maybe to define that because I think people with disordered eating probably think it's like you know someone that weighs 30 kilos and has like you know bulimia or whatever but what what are the downsides of trying to achieve that because I'm I'm trying to think of some like examples of of similarities like I, I know you said don't buy into it but if we're part of a society and there are cultural beliefs and societal norms and this is what society has decided is important and status and you will be belonging um obviously it's very hard not to buy into that and i can think of other things that like we do because we're part of society like driving on the right side of the road but i know that's like not quite the same same thing but yeah what why would we why what's the problem with actually trying to pursue those things i would say there's not a problem with pursuing um certain things in the sense that you know lifting weights is not problematic if that's something that you want to do it's more about the motivations behind that pursuit so if you buy into the idea that you're going to be happier and more successful when you look a certain way that's what's problematic and that's what can lead to riskier behaviors and taking things to the extreme so with um, muscularity oriented behaviors what's interesting is that as you mentioned it's not necessarily about getting as slim as possible which is what the um eating disorder diagnostic criteria would have reflected in the past because it was primarily geared towards what women would achieve and that was in relation to a slimmer physique ideal whereas for men as you say it's much more about being um super masculine and very muscular and lean which means that we're looking for signs of um, excessive protein intake anxiety around sticking to a plan or not sticking to a plan like not eating anything that's not meal prepped for example um, intermittent fasting and like these bulk and cut cycles are often engaged in the the big one i would say is the use of steroids you know there is um that's like a Uh, becoming an issue where the prevalence of steroid usage is really increasing and of course there can be detrimental side effects to that um 
eating when you're not full, for example, interrupting like your life to accommodate for frequent eating and, you know, because you can't miss a meal, that kind of thing. It's more so about like not just the behaviors themselves, but how you feel if you're not able to do them. So, for example, I've worked with people who have difficulty traveling because they're like, well, I can't eat any of my normal foods. You know, I'm, I don't have that routine in place and that causes a lot of anxiety and can really be restrictive on, on their life. But as we discussed, it's not the the case that we just don't care at all about how we look and it's very normal to have concerns about your appearance and moments where you're like hmm, you know maybe I would like to get a little bit leaner but understanding what's at the root of them because a lot of the time we're actually displacing other emotions onto our physique so for example if you're a male and you experience something where your masculinity is threatened maybe you're you've compared your business to someone else's and you don't feel as successful funnily enough that could result in an urge to want to um, change your physique and to micromanage things because you don't feel quote unquote masculine enough because you're not successful right or not as successful as this like multi-millionaire coach online or whatever so why it's important is because you're not really understanding yourself if you're displacing how you feel onto your body you're not really understanding what it is that you want nor are you able to take effective action to get those things because it's not your body that's the problem it's either the way that you view yourself it's the things that you bought into it's maybe being out of touch with your own personal values and keeping the focus on you and your life rather than getting caught up in these comparisons so learning more about this just helps you to understand yourself better and what it is that you really want and how you can go about achieving those things so we do set goals we do strive but it's for things that are personally meaningful to us not things that are heavily influenced by external factors or dependent on external validation which ultimately is kind of what a body image goal a body um composition goal is because you don't even see your own body half the time right you're clothed like you don't even see yourself it's mostly about how you think you're going to be viewed in the eyes of others and that's something that I am very passionate about challenging because it doesn't just extend to our physiques you know if we're relying on external validation or chasing that we do that in many areas of our lives you know we can get caught up in trying to achieve more and more and more in order to feel competent in order to have that status Um, it's more than just the body so when you learn more about this and develop those cognitive sort of techniques and, and other strategies as well that you're able to have more direction over your goals and your life in general because it's very self-guided and you have that level of self-awareness mm. and how would somebody like i can imagine there's people listening to this podcast and they're like oh shit i go through bulk and cut cycles and um, do i have some sort of like uh some problem with me um and but then I, I can imagine what you said after that is it's based on what your drivers are so like i know that not everybody who say does competitive bodybuilding or who tries to build muscle has like is doing it necessarily for to try and impress others like maybe maybe there's an element of that or there's like it makes up a percentage of the 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 diagram or the the i don't know what they're called pie diagrams whatever they are but you know what i'm saying um so how how would one know, like, am I pursuing this for specific reasons? I, I guess there's obvious ones, right? Like, I'm going to get in shape to, like, win back my ex or whatever. I've heard people say that, right? It's clearly motivated externally by, you know, trying to impress somebody else. But w- what about somebody who's, like, lifts weights? Maybe they don't compete in bodybuilding because, you know, there's no necessity to be lean, but they go through these. How How are they supposed to know, like, do I have something wrong here that I should probably work on or am I actually just pursuing a goal for mastery reasons yeah I think a lot of people could reflect on the questions of you know how much of my worth is placed in how I look like how much importance do I attach to achieving or maintaining this physique and is it something that I would feel anxious to lose And that's usually when we begin to notice sort of those more maladaptive consequences is when people are unable to adhere to like rigid routines and things like that. So, you know, if you're eating out on the weekend, does that throw you off? Um, Are you very self-conscious around others? Like you say, with the 
like the difference would be I need to change my physique to win back my ex, right? That's potentially an insecure thought versus when you've truly worked on like your inner confidence is, you know what, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to focus on what's important to me. And if she wants it, she wants it. If she doesn't, then I don't need her in my life. You know, that would be a more confident sort of belief. She can take it or leave it. I'm not trying to prove myself for this person. I'm going to respect myself and support myself, which probably involves lifting weights for a lot of people, you know, because that can be a very health protective, you know, thing to engage in. It can also be time out. It could be a way of socializing. But if you're doing it for the purposes of impressing other people, that's probably something to dive deeper into. Um, So I would question, you know, how much importance do I place on this? How would I feel about myself in the absence of this? And how concerned am I about how other people perceive me? Those could be some sort of questions to ask yourself. And like we're saying, it's not that you shouldn't eat protein. It's not that you shouldn't lift lift weights. We're not trying to pathologize healthy behaviors, but it's about understanding what that means to you and really considering sort of how flexible you can be about that. And again, for, for men listening to ask yourself, you know, what do I think it means to be a male like what does masculinity mean to me where maybe have I picked up some of these ideas because it also can vary across cultures given that there is a large you know it's largely a um a cultural construction in many ways so thinking about all of these questions can help you to um really answer that for yourself but also I would argue that for most of us because this idea of being confident in ourselves doesn't necessarily come naturally it's not something you're just born with um, or you fall into and given that there are so many external factors that can undermine our confidence I think it is within all of our interests to actively develop it like why wouldn't you want to be able to resist pressures to genuinely feel comfortable in yourself when you're succeeding and when you're not succeeding not that you're going to be happy about that but that you don't feel like such a pile of shit you know like how why wouldn't you want to actively develop that given how much that can afford you in your life yeah I think the, the cultural bit is, is pretty uh interesting I was listening to something like yesterday or the day before about some Polynesian islands. I don't know if it was recent or like in, in the recent past, but like the the head of state or whatever you want to call it, the head of the clan was like, he wasn't allowed to walk on the other people's land because then he would officially own it. So they had, you had to like visit at nighttime and then people would sacrifice, um, they would sacrifice animals and humans and all this kind of mad stuff. Well, as we would consider it mad stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting though what we, what we believe and what we consider right and wrong when you then think about it from other perspective, even like some heinous crimes like that other religions and stuff do that, even though it might be extreme, like they may think it's the right thing, but I guess it's way off topic. Um, but yeah, so what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And what, what I personally have seen is like men will often have this like shell and it's like these like pillars of masculinity. But then when you do try and deave, or dive deeper into some of these things like the, the real meaning behind some of these like what the drivers it will be like kind of like sticking a knife in and they'll be like oh that's uncomfortable <laughs> like like that's not let's just focus on like the physique right because that's like easy to do right or at least it, it sounds easy to do on paper or like make more money or like you know buy new cars and things like that or build my business but if somebody's listening and, and i guess a classic example at uh, this time of year would be like you know holiday holiday diet prep or whatever you want to, whatever people call it, right? Like six weeks until Magaluf or Ibiza or wherever people are going, like I need to lose fat, right? And unless you physically can't fit in the seat in the plane or you've got health problems, it doesn't make any sense. But if somebody's like looking in the mirror and they're like, they feel like, oh Jesus, I, I could lose 10 pounds. I'd feel much better about myself. My friends are all doing the same thing, right? They're going to diet for their six week holiday or whatever or no six week diet for their week holiday like what can they do if they realize they're listening to this and they're like all right actually what Shannon's saying makes a lot of sense um I'd rather not diet I'd rather actually just you know do what I'm currently doing and not have to restrict food or do cardio twice a day or do whatever people are doing for the holidays but I feel like I need to do it because I don't feel 
confident going to the beach and doing that? Like, how can they start to work on it? And I, I know you're saying like reject society's beliefs or norms. Like that's pretty easy to say, very hard to do. How do they start to do that? Yeah, that's a brilliant question. I think it really does start with that self-awareness. So asking yourself, what do I think would be different if I did lose those few pounds? What would I be doing then that I'm not doing now? So a common example is taking your top off at the beach. And as you said, well, there's no law of the universe that says you cannot take your top off unless you're 5% body fat, right? That's something that we impose upon ourselves. So recognizing that ultimately I am the only person holding myself back. And if I can't do those things now, that's that's something to to be aware of and perhaps concerned about and as we said it's not about dropping all of these behaviors like you probably have other motivations for wanting to eat well on a day-to-day basis like in general you probably have other motivations for wanting to train because you like how it feels right so you're still going to engage in those things but it's really about considering what do I think would be different and what do I want to be different now understanding when I feel vulnerable so I, I feel vulnerable around more attractive people. Maybe I need to learn more about managing those social comparisons because it will happen across many domains of my life. Maybe I feel insecure in my business. What's the answer to that? You know, can I engage in some professional development? Or again, are my comparisons kind of extreme? Am I like it's it's more about understanding your mindset and what's important to you. So a lot of times with clients, we start with a values clarification exercise and know that this is something that we've discussed in mentoring, where you really get clear on what is important, because essentially what you're going to do is build out your sense of self to what kind of characteristics you want to embody. And that can be things like discipline or persistence. But as you say, funnily enough, ignoring your emotions and ignoring your thoughts is not necessarily a disciplined thing to do like hiding your insecurities in a physique goal is probably easier it feels more comfortable which is why we do it it's literally a way of managing anxiety that is more comfortable than actually confronting like getting to the root cause so if you truly valued discipline that would be doing the internal work that goes alongside you know your health seeking behaviors so getting clear on what you value how you would like to embody those values in your daily life so if i was more confident in myself i would be more outgoing socially okay, awesome. Why not set some goals that will enable you to become that person, which would be independent of your physique goal? Because again, a physique goal does not guarantee that you're going to be more confident socially. But if you go out more, if you reach out to people, if you ask engaging questions, if you share more about yourself, if you make eye contact, those things are goals, tangible actions that you can take to achieve this outcome that you're truly seeking. So I would start with the values clarification and thinking about what would be different and then potentially thinking about small actionable steps that you can take to lead you towards those outcomes and then pursuing your health goals, your movement, your nutrition for those other reasons in that it helps you to make more you know get more out of life because you're healthy you're vibrant you're energized and you have that sense of mastery um, and you know enjoyment that comes from training so separating your reasons for eating and movement from your physique and then investing in your development of you as a person not just a physique goal Mm. what if i said yes I, yeah, I, I can be confident in myself, but I'm on the beach. Other people will have less respect for me or they'll be less attracted to me because I am 23% body fat and not 12. Is that a cognitive distortion? Is that like a truism or is that just a, a, a yeah, some sort of uh, cognitive bias that we have in order to kind of reinforce that we're doing the right thing? Yeah, absolutely. So that could be seen as all or nothing thinking, you know, either I'm X amount of body fat or people won't respect me, 
well, that's not necessarily true. You're, you are jumping to conclusions and making assumptions there because there are people who exist in all body shapes and sizes that have the respect of their peers. But you're also telling yourself that you need the respect of everyone on the beach, which again is not necessarily true. Why are you so vulnerable that you need everyone to approve of you? What about being selective about whose respect you actually care for? You know, if someone because that's that's the the thing as well, is that there will be times probably in your life where you are disrespected from others. It's about how you handle that disrespect. So we know, for example, that weight stigma is very real and people do get treated poorly on the basis of how they look. And Mm. that's something that we we don't need to. like it's very natural to want to avoid criticism, of course, because it's uncomfortable and again is a threat to our need for belonging. But also, we do need to be become more resilient to that as well, where we don't need to, we weren't put on this earth to please everyone, and you don't necessarily need the respect of all of your peers because you probably don't respect everyone either. You know, there will be certain qualities about other people that you respect more than others, and that could be like generosity, for example. Like, what do you actually respect your peers for? And for some people, there will be that element of, well, he looks the part, so you know, and I do have respect for that, but I think that tends to fade when you understand more about the complexity of body weight regulation, how it's not necessarily an evil level playing, um, an even level playing field for everyone. And that was something that was very eye-opening for me. Funnily enough, I read Behave by Sapolsky, um, which talks about all of these different factors that influence our behaviors. And I recognize that, you know, it, it sounds silly, but we are very much privileged in our positions and we take a lot of pride in our appearance when a lot of that has been outside of our control. You know, so we like to internalize the idea that we are fully autonomous individuals um, who have full control over their behaviors and every positive outcome that I've achieved in my life is purely attributable to my personal characteristics, which is not necessarily the case. So actually having a bit of humility, I think, um, comes alongside the body image work and developing like inner confidence because you recognize that a lot of the things that you value, you know, maybe aren't as esteemable as you would imagine. So um, that's just a little bit of a tangent. But to, to get back to the point, recognizing that you don't need to impress everyone. You know, when you're focused on becoming the kind of person that you want to be, that also liberates you from the need to impress others. And you can decide whose opinion you care for and whose opinion you might just let go. So if someone pokes fun at you because you're not as lean as you used to be, that doesn't have to be a threat to your esteem that you hold for yourself because you are confident in the fact that you are tending for, you know, your needs in the way that you want, that you are focused on what's truly important to you, which maybe you realize wasn't 5% body fat, it's actually having energy and headspace for other things in life that are important to you. So I think um, that's probably one thing that I would sort of push back on is this need to, to impress other people, because you might not you know, and everyone has different standards. So that's something to to really, I think, think deeply about. Yeah, and I, and I know that you talk about the preferences and someone say, well, I don't need to be, but I prefer to be. And like we can, let's say we see this guy that he's like amazing shape by all accounts and everybody like gravitates towards him, right? He gets this external validation, feels better about himself. Is it that one that is just, either really hard to achieve or, or impossible based on genetics and then two really hard to perhaps maintain that and what that maintenance might mean. And then three, that person may not actually feel the way you think that they actually yeah. feel or the way you think you will feel if you can even ever get there. That last point I think is something that's worth repeating. No amount of external validation will make up for a lack of internal validation. Because what happens is that we tend to minimize compliments. Oh, that person's just saying that. You know, we don't truly believe it. Or we take it in, it feels good temporarily. And then tomorrow, I haven't received a compliment, you know, the next day. So my self-esteem plummets. 
Because that is the thing when you're relying on these external factors, when those things fade, you're back to square one, not feeling good and confident in yourself, because not as many people have commented on how you look recently. You know, so when you rely on those things for feeling good about yourself, that leaves you in a very vulnerable position. So remembering that even if you're getting these compliments from other people, that doesn't necessarily change the way that you view yourself, because we thanks to our like you know great brains we have the ability to convince ourselves out of it oh so and so is just saying that or they don't really mean it or um that person didn't comment you know there are ways that we can talk ourselves out of feeling good or becoming dependent on it and as you say searching then for when someone doesn't say something or when someone maybe um does give a negative comment or you're not as lean as you used to be or oh you've you look bigger now you know whatever it is and you're like okay and you can stew on those things as well and ruminate so again to repeat the point no amount of external validation can make up for a lack of internal validation that has to come first yeah that's a really good point I, I remember when I was just as we were talking when I was 18 so 2010 I went to a body, my first bodybuilding show in Ireland and uh, there was like a guest poser. Um, someone who just does a guest posing, I guess. And um, it was Ronnie Coleman. I don't know if you know him, but he was eight-time Mr. Olympia. And he had just finished competing like two years before. So he was still absolutely enormous. And I'd never seen someone so big in my life. Like, I mean, he's one of the biggest humans on earth. But just because of the circle, I guess, that people who go and view him, um, they were all amazed. And I... At the time, I felt like, oh, I really want to, like, like not necessarily be the same size as him, but, like, I really want that feeling of, like, you walk in a room and everybody's just, like, it's like a king walking in, right, in, like, Egyptian times or something. Um, I still haven't got there, but that was something that I just, like, reflect on. Was, like, it wasn't, I didn't necessarily want to have arms that were, like, 25 inches or however big there. But, um, and also, I realized subsequently, like, not too long afterwards that one like heavy steroid use to like insane genetics um that i just never would be able to achieve even with heavy steroid use um this is something that i just wanted to kind of mention because even like you said you'll never like external validation etc et i'll never like make up for lack of internal like I, i'd felt in the past like uh unlean not lean enough when i had previously been leaner but yet i was still like what maybe 18 or 17 percent body fat and I noticed that with clients who like are probably leaner than most of their peers and still feel like, oh, I need to be leaner um, for some reason, even though like they're in the top 10% of leanness amongst people their age or whatever. So that's really, really um, an interesting topic. So is it is it just a matter of like repetition of the things that you value that will give you that confidence and challenging yourself that will ultimately bring that like level of like internal stability? Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And definitely understanding what you value is a really important part of that, because it is about developing like a secure sense of self. And as you say, it's very easy to internalize these standards from other people, like we see the admiration, we see the respect, and we want that for ourselves. But then thinking about the ways that we pursue them and the importance that we place on it, I think is really a big part of the work. Um, but also noticing the ways in which your current, I guess, need for external validation potentially is impacting your life and then making those changes where appropriate. So if you are somebody who experiences a lot of rigidity and anxiety around your eating behaviors and your movement, you know, thinking about that. Do you want to be able to eat more flexibly when you're going out? Are you always choosing the most macro friendly option in order to maintain your physique at the expense of what you would kind of really want? You know, are you noticing that you do feel insecure around other people and how do you want to show up in those situations? What would it look like to be a more outgoing version of yourself? What would it look like to be a more interesting person who has these um, diverse interests rather than being, you know, one sided, just the fitness person? Um, is that something that interests you and what would that look like? So getting clear on those things and 
funnily enough, really understanding, I think getting good at understanding how you feel. So when those urges to restrict or to be very rigid or to overexercise come up, you know, what is it that's driving that? And a lot of it is about emotional regulation, which is something that nobody wants to hear about. Nobody wants to, you know, actively work on, but it's something that is so rewarding because our emotions are a core part of our motivation and a key driver for a lot of our behaviors. So really getting to know yourself um, is also an important part of achieving the outcomes that you really want and ultimately living a more fulfilling life because it's something that you've crafted for yourself based on knowing yourself. So um, it, yeah, a lot, a lot can go into it. Reducing body checking is a massive one, particularly for males. So again, I was reading a research paper on this the other day about how um, body checking can be even more of a key um, maintaining factor for males in particular. So how often are you taking physique photos? How often are you flexing in the mirror or checking out your pump at the gym or stepping on the scale? You know, starting to reduce some of those behaviors can really help you to reduce the amount of importance that you place on looking a certain way. And remember, if you have strong internal motivations for wanting to eat well and wanting to exercise there is very little risk of you letting yourself go just because you're not stepping on the scale or flexing every five minutes you know so really thinking about the amount of energy that you place into that and what would be different if you didn't you know if you were placing that energy and focus somewhere else what could change you know and again thinking about the impact that has on your relationships your hobbies and interests and even your career like all of these things have the potential to expand when your focus and importance is placed in your physique and most of us know from a cognitive standpoint right when I get to the end of my life what are people going to be saying about me it's not gonna be like oh what a shame that Adam died he had such a great six-pack it's like no like he was such a fun person to be around he really contributed so much and he was such a helpful and generous person and really caring he will be missed you know those are the things that people actually care about and we know that so it's like how much of my life do I want to to waste Mm. not feeling good about myself and placing importance in things that ultimately are going to fade rather than thinking about a legacy or a lasting impact you know that's just one suggestion it's not like everyone has to be like you know contributing to society or whatever but just thinking about what's important to you yeah and what about those who feel like that when when they are focused on a body weight goal or losing fat they eat they eat well but then when they when they're not or they lose the motivation they kind of gain weight they don't really treat themselves properly and then you said you know you talked about internal drive to eat well like are they like oh shit i don't have an internal drive to eat well i'm gonna just gain fat and i'm not gonna be healthy like how does one develop an internal drive to eat well is it a matter of fact that they just haven't clarified their values and really thought about like why eating well might be important to me outside of losing weight yeah i would say that most people would find like if you push back on it most people would find that they probably do have an internal drive to to eat well they just haven't realized it as much because it's been overshadowed by these physique goals because most of us would agree i want to respect myself I don't want to feel sluggish. I want to feel good day to day. I want to have energy. I want to be strong, you know, because it gives me more capacity to do the things that are important to me in life, you know, whether it's like hiking or or whatever, like there are so many reasons to, to eat well, cognitive function. That's important to me. I want to be focused and I want to be alert. Therefore, my nutrition has a role to play in that. You know, I don't feel good if I just eat crap all the time it doesn't feel good for my body or for my focus or anything so there's a degree of balance that feels good to us inherently and we know that Um, and I would also question whether it really is the case that when you lose your motivation like what's happening there for a lot of people it's actually distress about not achieving their physique goal that sets them off you know so if we remove some of that pressure you'll probably find that you're more consistent overall because you're not frustrated that the scale's not going in the direction that you like, or, you know, you haven't lost X amount, you're not as lean, you're not this body fat percentage. That's where the frustration kicks in because it kind of is like a fruitless goal 
for, for a lot of people. Um, so really thinking about that, like what's actually happening when I lose my motivation? Is it just that I went out and enjoyed a meal out and then got pissed off because that wasn't, you know, aligned with my macros for the day and now I have to compensate and that's where we get ourselves into some tricky spots so really looking deeper at what actually happens when you go off track and then thinking about how would this be different if I was driven by an internal desire to respect myself and to feel good day to day and when you can tie it into okay I really enjoy you know, reading and I want to be focused and alert. I really enjoy jujitsu and I want to feel energized and strong. Therefore, my dietary choices are going to be motivated by those desires, you know, as well. It's not to say that we have to completely eradicate our appearance motivations. I understand for a lot of people that may be out of touch, like initially, especially if you're like heavily bought into that, but just start by expanding your other motivations for, for wanting to do these things and really focusing on those so they become a primary driver rather than this external sort of validation mm, there's, there's a lot of great things there where can people find more about the the work that you do is there somewhere on the internet that they can go to read more about your your content yeah absolutely so a lot of my content is housed on instagram which is coach shannon beer as well as my website where i write longer form articles which are fully referenced if you want to get into the science behind some of these concepts that we've discussed today and i also have a podcast called consilience where i chat to experts in body image in psychology in nutrition and performance all of these things um and that yeah it's consilience podcast amazing well thanks so much shannon for coming on and uh we'll get this one up shortly but i'm sure a lot of people will benefit greatly from listening to this and then diving into some of your work yeah thank you and if anyone's listening and they do have um any comments you know and maybe concerns or pushbacks as well you know i'm totally open to hearing whatever it is that you think and having discussions around those things so thanks for having me on